Good Monday morning. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, Insanity, A Peace of Mind. I am your host, Stephanie. This is episode 45, and it's going to be an episode, one of many, maybe consecutive, maybe not, on boundaries. There was a more Instagram, social media inquiry about boundaries, some questions, some polls. We, we, I asked, I say we because my daughter did it for me, but the questions about what are boundaries, what makes boundaries difficult, are you good with emotional boundaries, are you good with physical boundaries? Thank you everyone for participating. It helps me put together and clarify in a succinct way information that will be most beneficial to you. I'm going to just make a quick correlation and you can do with it what you want for the time being and I can address it later because codependent relationships are relationships that have problems with boundaries. So if you hear the word codependent, if you feel some amount of codependence between you and your kids or you and your partner or any other aspect of your life, I just want to bring to your attention that codependent relationships are relationships that have issues with boundaries. So those two things are often linked together. I'm not specifically going to talk about codependence. I'm going to talk about boundaries. Do with that information what you will for right now. In order to do this podcast or these podcasts on boundaries, I am drawing from a lot of resources. Many of them are online and can be accessed by anybody. I'm using Therapist Aid, Edutopia, and other basically internet searches on boundaries. Most of this is not original stuff. It is certainly not my original stuff. And I will link to as many of the resources as I can in the show notes so that you can have access to this as well. Much of this stuff will overlap. And I think there's enough information that I could do a handful of podcasts on boundaries. First things first is defining boundaries. And we'll do that in a few different ways. Uh, Personal boundaries are the rules and limits you set within relationships. They tell you what's okay and what's not okay in any kind of person-to-person relationship, especially person-to-person relationship. I would imagine we can have boundaries that can include non-living beings, but that's neither here nor there. So your relationships would include family of all variety, friends and peers of all varieties, coworkers, 
employer-employee relationships, acquaintance relationships. Boundaries are not necessarily always about intimate relationships. They can be about casual relationships. They can be whatever your person-to-person relationships are. Boundaries exist. Either boundaries themselves or the lack thereof is going to be part of every relationship you have. Okay, so through the uh, Instagram poll or questions, I got some pretty good answers as to what some of you think boundaries are. So I'm going to read some of those before I get into some deeper explanations. Boundaries are something you need, communicate, and expect to be met. Boundaries are limits you set with others or your territory in a way. Boundaries are limits you want to place around your being, your time, your energy, and your resources. Boundaries are whatever helps yourself and others to feel safe. So those are some of the answers about what boundaries are. And those are good. That's, you're all on the right track. That's what boundaries are. Boundaries are life enhancing. They are, they exist as a system of yeses and nos, stop signs and borders that you install, so to speak, around yourself for protection so that the people you associate with know what your expectations are for them. They can let you know what their expectations are for you. And you can live and love and give and relate in a way that is healthy and fits within your value system and the limits that you have on the way you want to interact in the world. Notice I said the word values. Values clarification is an important part of being able to set and keep and live with boundaries. If you have not done your values work, you need to do that. And you can go back and listen to the values podcast. And I do not know which number it is. I should really get in the habit of keeping a list so that when I refer to them as past podcasts, I can just send you to it quickly, but I can't. So I'll put that in the resource and the show notes as well. Values are the things that are most important to you. Ideally, your boundaries will reflect your values. So for example, if you value family time, you are going to have boundaries around work and your relationship with your job. So this is our very first example of a non-living boundary experience because while there are living beings at work, work itself is an inanimate object, but work includes employees, employers, co-workers and creating a an understanding with these people about what you will and will not do as it relates to your work 
because your value is family and that's a boundary that you want to hold true to. For further clarification and perhaps uh, imagery that might help clarify this, you can think of a boundary as a property line uh, where there is a no trespassing sign, which sends a very clear message that you can't cross into this space or there will be a consequence. That kind of physical boundary, easy to recognize because it's a visual and you can see the sign, you can see the border, might be a fence line or something like that. Personal boundaries, again, in relationships are harder to define because there are no visible barriers themselves. Personal boundaries, much like a no trespassing sign or a fence, define where you end and others begin. And it helps clarify the amount of physical, emotional, mental space you are going to allow between yourself and others. So another visual is to picture yourself standing toe to toe to someone. And if you want to be really close, you can picture nose to nose to someone. When you are that close to someone and there is no physical boundary, you cannot see them, literally. They are fuzzy, out of focus, because you are too close. And if you step back two steps, three steps, four steps, and create a very clear physical space between yourself and that other person, they are now clear in focus. You can see them. That is another reasonably good illustration of why Boundaries, physical and emotional space between you and another person is valuable because it brings into clarity and view the individual nature of the other person. There are three different types of boundaries, generally speaking. There are rigid boundaries, porous boundaries, and then there are healthy boundaries. I am going to use the worksheet from Therapist Aid to talk specifically about those different kinds of boundaries and talk about the traits of each one and how they manifest themselves. So let's talk about rigid boundaries first. Someone with rigid boundaries avoids intimate or personal or close relationships. Someone with rigid boundaries would be unlikely to ask for help. Someone with rigid boundaries generally has very few close relationships, 
mostly superficial associations. Rigid boundaries are, people are very protective of their personal information. They may seem detached, even with their close family members or intimate partners. And people with rigid boundaries generally keep others at a distance to avoid vulnerability and to prevent feelings of rejection. So those are some examples of rigid boundaries. Examples of porous boundaries, porous meaning like a sponge, you know, everything flows in and out. Someone with porous boundaries would overshare personal information. Someone with porous boundaries would have a really hard time saying no to the requests of other people. They tend to be over-involved with other people's problems. They care very much what other people think about things in general and of them. So other people's opinions matter a great deal. People with porous boundaries tend to justify or accept being disrespected or even abused in some way. People with porous boundaries fear that if they don't do what somebody else wants them to do, they will be rejected somehow or they will undermine the relationship somehow. Okay, and the next category is healthy boundaries. People with healthy boundaries value their own opinion. They think it's valid, important, and they're not afraid to share it. People with healthy boundaries know their values and do not compromise them for other people, not spouses, not co-workers, not bosses, not religious leaders. They are firm in their values. People with healthy boundaries share personal information appropriately. They don't overshare and they don't keep everything private. People with healthy boundaries understand their own personal wants and needs and communicate them clearly. And people with healthy boundaries can live and accommodate and respect other people's boundaries and not feel slighted or dismissed in any way. So those are the three kind, rigid, porous, healthy. Most people have a mix of all of them. We might have really healthy boundaries at work, really porous boundaries in romantic relationships. And depending on our different family members, we might have a mix of all three. So the appropriateness of any boundary depends on the setting because what's appropriate at home is not appropriate at work, is not appropriate with friends, at school, etc. 
it is okay to see some flexibility and some movement in your the way you use boundaries depending on where you are okay i don't know what i just called those three rigid personal excuse me rigid porous and healthy but those were characteristics of different kinds of healthy common traits they're common traits of boundaries okay because what i'm going to talk about now assuming the language is significant are different types of boundaries okay again i'm kind of using therapist aid worksheet and taking the information off of it so we have physical boundaries this is literally space and physical touch around your person and another person healthy physical boundaries include a clear awareness of what's appropriate what's not in all kinds of settings with all kinds of different people hugs handshakes kisses smiles hellos all of that physical boundaries may be violated if someone touches you when you don't want them to or when they invade your personal space which could happen in families you know kids may think they have boundaries around their personal space that parents do not believe that they have, but that's an issue to discuss within the family. Um, here's a real fun one. Hugs in settings, literally don't touch me, please, is my boundary. And it's super hard to make that boundary known when you've got people who have different ideas of what's appropriate. So again, I have family members who don't want to be touched. It's like a high five or peace or something like that. I have associations who think it's perfectly acceptable to hug and it's actually not because people are violating a personal boundary, a physical boundary, not a personal boundary, okay? Teaching young children how to have appropriate physical boundaries should start in infancy, okay? Not when they're 10 or 12 and you should allow your young people to decide how they want to interact with people in their world on a physical level my i have a granddaughter who is given permission by her parents to interact with siblings aunts uncles grandparents great grandparents in the way she feels comfortable so she knows that she has control over her physical space and if she doesn't want a hug but wants a high five we are not to violate that boundary so it's important to teach young people super early that there is a physical boundary that they are allowed to create between them and their caregivers the people who love them it's okay another type of boundary is an intellectual boundary thoughts and ideas 
Healthy intellectual boundaries include respect for other people's ideas and an awareness of when certain ideas and thoughts are appropriate for discussion. There is a good time to talk about the weather, a good time to talk about politics, a good time to talk about religion, a good time to talk about values, and there are bad times to talk about all of those things. And understanding the boundary and the place and space where it is appropriate or not appropriate to have these conversations is important to know. Healthy intellectual boundaries or intellectual boundaries are also violated when you dismiss or belittle another person's thoughts, feelings, or ideas. So if you are uncomfortable talking about religion in a workplace, that is a boundary you have the right to set. And you can say, I am not comfortable with this type of conversation in the workplace. I respect you and I respect our relationship and I would like this to not be something I talk about. How would that feel if you were to actually just come out and say something like that? Politics, that's a big, there's a lot of emotion and a lot of feeling around politics and you may not feel comfortable having certain conversations and the boundary you would set would be to say, I'm not comfortable with this conversation. Do you mind if I just listen and not participate? Or you could actually physically excuse yourself from the place that this conversation is taking is, is happening. There are lots of ways to work within those intellectual boundaries. One of the important points I would like to make on this is never under any circumstances make another person feel small or belittled about what they think because nobody deserves that. Emotional boundaries refer to a person's feelings. Healthy emotional boundaries include limitations and an understanding of what to share, when to share, when not to share, uh, personal information. So let's just take a growing relationship, uh, intimate relationship, for example. Taking care and caution to disclose personal information at an appropriate speed, so to speak, as you are engaged in a, you know, romantic relationship is a useful boundary to have. Not expecting someone to disclose to you more information than they're ready to disclose and respecting that from the other person is boundary, emotional boundaries. Emotional boundaries are, again, violated when someone criticizes, belittles, or invalidates another person's feelings. So when a person has boundaries, and, and this goes both ways, and when someone else belittles you or you belittle someone else or criticize 
an emotional boundary or a physical boundary or an intellectual boundary that they have, you are violating that person's boundary and you are undermining the relationship because you are showing disrespect for another person or another person is showing disrespect for you through that action of criticism and belittling someone's boundaries, which are ostensibly created around their values. Okay, another type of boundary is sexual boundaries. This refers to the emotional, intellectual, and physical aspects of sexuality. <clears throat> Healthy sexuality includes mutual understanding, respect for fears, concerns, limitations, and desires between intimate partners, and sexual boundaries can be violated in any number of ways. And that's a bigger, well, all of these are bigger subjects, but sexual boundaries are important as well. Excuse me. I'm still not feeling particularly great, so everything feels a little bit harder. So I'm going to take extra breaks. So, and I think I've got a pen that I'm playing with probably in the microphone. Apologize for that too. Material boundaries. The next one, uh, money and possessions are generally what material boundaries look like. Healthy material boundaries involve setting limits on what you will share and who you will share it with. Like this literally means stuff. So if you live in a house with a bunch of girls or sisters and you might have boundaries over what clothes are shareable clothes or what makeup is shareable makeup or what you can take or what you can't take. And believe me, those are huge boundary issues that happen almost nonstop in a house with a lot of girls. Um, lending people something, borrowing things, cars, money, that kind of stuff. I personally think there should be pretty rigid boundaries about borrowing money from family members, especially siblings, maybe not so much parents, but that's all for you guys to decide. And if you have a boundary over something like that, let's assume for a minute that you are the parents and you don't believe in loaning money to your children. That is a boundary you are absolutely welcome to have. When you have a child who is in need of some sort of financial support and they come to you and your boundary is, we love you. We're sorry you're struggling. We will try and help you other ways. We will not loan you money. There, there should be nothing that that child could say, do, or whine about that would get you to change or violate that boundary. And their responsibility as someone who is a boundary keeper and a respecter of boundaries is to say, I totally get it. If we can come up with some other way that you can help us, we will let you know. That's kind of a financial, you know, money lending boundary. Um, now, having said that, you might loan money to a lot of people, you know, known and unknown alike, and that's up to you. Material boundaries are violated when someone steals, meaning take something that doesn't belong to them. And I am a full believer in that you can steal from your family. 
damages your stuff that never belonged to them, or when you feel pressure to give in to someone's demands for a loan or a borrow or whatever. Okay. So material boundaries. The last one are time boundaries. Obviously, this refers to how people use their time. To have healthy time boundaries, a person must set aside or have enough time for every important part of their life. For example, of the right amount of time for work, a good amount of time to foster and build relationships, a decent amount of time set aside for your hobbies. Time boundaries are violated when another person demands too much of your time. Time boundaries are, I don't know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the easiest way to deal with a time boundary is to practice the word no. 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 Say it with me. No. Obviously, there will be nuances. Obviously, there will be wiggle room and there will be different opportunities and different circumstances. But I think in terms of time boundaries, if you can figure out how to say no, that will take care of a lot of time boundaries. Now, I know you're thinking, oh my gosh, I can't say no. And we'll talk about how, we'll talk about what actually gets in the way of holding healthy boundaries and why it can be so hard. So fear not, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Next, let's talk about why boundaries are good to have. What do they do for you? What does a lack of boundaries cause in your life? So I'm using something called Better Boundaries, and I think it's by Self-Help Alliance to kind of go through this particular section. What are what are the what's the benefit of being able to set boundaries? Okay, so first and foremost, it helps you define your identity. You become confident and clearly understand what your value system is and how to create a life and help teach others how to move within that creation of your values driven life so that you have a clear identity separate from other people. Boundaries literally protect you from violators. It boundaries allow you to let in what is good and keep out what is bad. And you get to decide what is good for you and what is bad for you and express that in a way where it doesn't have to be understood. It doesn't have to be liked. It just has to be honored. Boundaries help bring order to your life. Without boundaries, it is difficult to regulate demands. It's hard to be creative 
it's hard to follow dreams, pursue goals and opportunities if you are constantly being overtaxed by other people because you have no boundaries. Having good, clear boundaries helps promote you. If you have good boundaries at work, for example, then your coworkers and your employer knows that you, they, they know that you can be trusted to do a job or to state clearly your needs or to ask for help in order to accomplish something and be honest about what you can and cannot do. This makes you a better employee. Having clear boundaries in a family actually does the same thing. It lets your family members know when you need help, when you are overwhelmed, what your limitations are, what you can offer them. These are just good, healthy ways to promote yourself as a competent, responsible, capable person. Good boundaries, healthy boundaries, help you protect yourself from someone else's, from the control of other people. So having clear boundaries makes it difficult for other people to control you. And it makes it easier for you to say no when you need to. That seems self-evident. Very few of us like the feeling of being controlled by someone else. Ironically enough, while we are, while we disdain the idea of being controlled, too many of us feel at liberty to control other people. So you may have boundaries you want kept around you when it comes to that kind of thing, but you may be a violator when it comes to control of other people. Value or excuse me, boundaries help create safety by defining what is acceptable and unacceptable to you in all of those different areas. That seems again, self-evident when your boundaries are porous or rigid, I mean, unhealthy boundaries of any variety tend to create a loss of respect, personal, you lose respect for yourself and other people lose respect for you as well. Take, for example, the employee employee, you know, the employee employer thing. If you are unable to ask for help, try and do a job that you actually cannot do and then fail at it, that creates a scenario in your work environment that your coworkers and employer lose respect for you. So you don't want that. Loss of control and direction in your life. Without boundaries, you probably don't have values. Without values, you don't know what you want. Increased chaos, distractions, and guilt. If you have a hard time with emotional boundaries and not knowing how to separate your feelings from your partner's feelings or your children's feelings, 
And if you allow that emotional, that squishy, porous, emotional boundary, you allow other people's moods to control how you feel, which creates codependency and you feel guilty, you feel out of control, you spend an enormous amount of time being distracted by other people's feelings because of those porous boundaries. In ineffective or poor boundaries creates a life where you have a lot of unmet goals and because you cannot find the time to pursue your goals because you have a boundary around time that you can't deal with, you feel depressed, anxious, hopeless, or any other unpleasant feeling. Without personal values, you will feel used, taken advantage of, you will feel out of control, you will feel that you have to make choices that are not in your best interest, but might be in the best interest of other people. You sacrifice plans, dreams, and goals for the sole purpose of pleasing others. And you don't take responsibility for yourself and you tend, you, whatever, I keep saying you, doesn't matter, we blame others for our problems. Those are some of the results of ineffective or unhealthy boundaries, either rigid or porous. So now let's talk a minute about what the barriers are to actually setting boundaries. I got some good answers from the Instagram poll. So some of the reasons that you all gave that make setting boundaries difficult. I don't remember the exact question, but here are some of the answers. It takes self-reflection to know what yours are, your boundaries, and the ability to state them to others. The backlash of people treating you like you're a terrible person when you enforce boundaries. Another obstacle is people being used to you not having them. And then when you do, the people you're in relationship with don't like those limits. You might worry about being selfish or oversensitive. The idea that people's needs are different and so the requests can be misunderstood. Uh, the ever popular, people will think I'm mean. And I don't want people to think I'm mean. Uh, another one is when people, you know, what do you, uh, holding boundaries, having boundaries and holding them is really difficult when people are repeatedly breaking them and then pretend that they forgot. So those are some of the responses to what the general question of what makes keeping boundaries hard. What are the ba barriers to setting the boundaries? Yes, all of those things. Those are all barriers to having boundaries and enforcing them. Also fear, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of people not liking you, fear of confrontation, 
oh my gosh, I might actually have to get into a heated discussion with another person about a boundary. Well, you're talking to the wrong person if that's your issue, because I am very rarely afraid of confrontation. Guilt. I feel so guilty about setting this boundary or about not loaning money to my family or about saying no or you name it, guilt. Uh, it's possible you were never actually taught what healthy boundaries are. And ironically enough, I would go that that's likely. I mean, we're taught a lot of things, but very rarely are we overtly taught about boundaries. And then safety concerns. You know, there might be some real issues with safety. So those are some of the barriers to setting um, to setting good boundaries and holding them. Okay, I'm going to end this podcast with this particular setup. If healthy boundaries allow you self-esteem to have self a good sense of self-worth and self-respect and if they allow you to create a mutually trusting and sharing relationship and if they protect your physical and emotional space from violators or intrusion if healthy boundaries help you have an equal partnership with someone you're in a relationship with where responsibility and power are shared and if a healthy boundary helps you be assertive and con with confidence and integrity say yes or no to something and with that same confidence and integrity be okay with somebody saying no to you and if a healthy boundary helps you separate your needs your thoughts, your feelings, and your desires from other people and helps you recognize that your needs and boundaries can and are likely different from others. And if ba healthy boundaries help empower you to make healthy choices and take responsibility for yourself, why wouldn't you want to do that? That's question number one. Question number two is, if unhealthy boundaries, rigid or porous, close you off to relationships with other people or make, create a sense of ownership of other people's emotions, or feeling responsible for other people's happiness or accomplishments, or if unhealthy boundaries create a sense of fear that you will be rejected or abandoned or disliked if you are firm in a need or a want or an expectation, or if unhealthy boundaries decrease your sense of self and weaken your identity 
because you base your worth and how you feel about yourself on other on how other people treat you. And if unhealthy boundaries disempower you and put you in a space or place where you allow other people to make decisions for you, so you feel powerless and unable to live an authentic life, why would you want that? These are not rhetorical questions. Sorry, I almost coughed. These are not rhetorical questions. These are questions I want you to think about because a lot of the barriers to setting boundaries are dealt with very specifically in why it's good to have healthy boundaries and why it's bad to have unhealthy boundaries. So before I move into the next podcast, I want you to be very clear on why you would choose one of these scenarios over the other or what it is in your life that you are so afraid of when it comes to setting boundaries. Where are your insecurities? What are you afraid of losing? What are you, what have you experienced in the past that tells you this is a scary venture? Anything. I don't care what it is. We are so different that all of our answers are going to be very, very different. Are you a people pleaser? Are you an over explainer? Are you a, are you, are you kind of a, I don't know. I was going to say, I was going to say something unkind, but I won't. What kind of person are you that makes this hard? Okay. So these are the questions that I want you to think about over the next week, because I'm going to start next, the next podcast with tips for setting healthy boundaries, what it might look like if you are in a relationship where you are either where someone is ignoring your boundaries or whether you or where you are ignoring someone else's boundaries. And we will talk about some language to use in order to be able to set some general boundaries that we probably all deal with in one way or the other. And so be thoughtful this week about what your biggest fears are and where they came from. I spent an inordinately long time searching for a quote about boundaries to end this podcast with. And this is what I came up with. Good boundaries prevent resentment said somebody named Henry Cloud. It's probably as simple as it gets. So this week, figure some stuff out about yourself and make it a good one. And I'll see you next week.